Welcome to Create Your Edge, a marketing podcast. I'm your host, Brian Shilligo. Every month, we learn about the history of marketing, take an expert-led deep dive into an interesting new marketing topic, and have a little bit of fun. On today's episode, I'm joined by digital marketing strategist, Travis Greither. Travis, how you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for joining us. In a minute, we're going to be talking about the changing landscape of media and media consumption. But first, this week in marketing and media history. This week in 1896, we're going way back this week, what is believed to be the world's first for-profit movie theater opened in New Orleans, Louisiana. The theater was called the Vitascope Hall, after the Vitascope, which was an early film projector. In the hall, about 400 patrons would sit and watch 10 to 12 short films. The price of admission, 10 cents. For an extra 10 cents, the patrons could visit the projection booth and watch the Vitascope in action. And for another 10 cents, they could take home a scrap piece of film as a fun souvenir. And it was so popular that the price of admission quickly rose to 50 cents. Um, so it, it, and then as shortly after that, movies swept the nation. Obviously, there are movie theaters everywhere. Uh, and maybe one day we'll get a chance to go back to a movie theater. <laughs> maybe not anytime soon. But lucky, luckily for us, media consumption has changed a little bit since 1896, which brings us to our main discussion, the rise of streaming TV. So Travis, we're here to discuss today the rise of streaming TV. We talked on our last episode with Jacob about streaming apps and the new world of streaming apps and what those can do for people in all kinds of industries. We've talked about real estate. We talked about uh, local cities. We talked about churches. We talked about all kinds of things. Uh, and we're going to get into another new branch that we have going on here and give a little preview in just a few minutes. But before that, we wanted to talk a little bit just about what streaming TV is and why it's becoming the go-to way to consume media. My first introduction to streaming TV was probably right when I entered college. It was obviously around when I was in high school, and it was already a big thing with Netflix, but my <laughs> living at my parents' house, terrible, terrible internet service there. <laughs> so I, I could try my best, but it, we would sit there, and it would just buffer. Yeah. So when I got to college was really when I started um, started streaming, and with Netflix in particular. Mm -hmm. And I mean... I can remember binge watching the entire series of Breaking Bad at probably less than three weeks. <laughs> I think um, that's most people's experience with that show when they started. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that was uh, my experience. It's yeah. It's the greatest of all time, in my <laughs> opinion. But I remember just being amazed, you know, as a college student, not making a ton of money at the time, and just having that type of access to that many movies, that many TV shows, it blew my mind. And... You know, you, you think about traditional cable and satellite, any any other way that, any way you'd be able to have that type of access, to media, you know, yeah. it would cost so much money. Oh, it was, I mean, uh, yeah, for example, I mean, I think at the, in the time, what was the time frame you were in college, roughly? Oh, I, 
2012, 2012. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think Netflix was probably still right around 10 bucks or a little under. In oh that. yeah. Like right around that was their monthly fee. And now it's a little bit more, but it's still under like $15 or something like that a month. Uh, cable at the time, I would bet if you wanted your basic cable package, you're probably looking at 50, 60 oh, bucks minimum. Easy. Minimum to get, uh, you know, anything even comparable to the same amount of channels and, and move access to movies and TV shows. Uh, as, and you still have to deal with commercials, obviously, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. But yeah, the price the price difference is incomparable. Like it's oh, not even close. It's crazy. So I think that's where we started to see the biggest jump. I mean, inevitably, when you have something that's priced that low compared to something that we were used to and yeah. already starting to get fed up. Now that there's an alternative, I mean, it was only natural that people started to jump ship. Uh, that's where the you know the term cord cutter cord comes cutters, from. Yeah. Yeah. You have uh, cord nevers who people who have never even had cable. Yeah, that's true. Life. These days, that's got to be a pretty large market of people who who especially younger growing up who maybe their parents cut the cord before they were even born. You know the the Gen Zs and that sort of stuff. Because I, I I'm I'm a little bit older than you, but not much. And I yeah I cut the cord probably I don't know six seven years ago at this point where I stopped getting cable just because of the price became ridiculous. And I saw another point you have here is that, I mean, there's a couple things, but one of those is the changing price was such a pain for me with cable. It's like it would one month, it would be, you know, I was paying 70 bucks for cable and internet and then pay that for a few months. And then all of a sudden my next bill I'd get in the mail would be a hundred dollars. And I'm like, what just happened? Why am I paying almost twice, you know, 50% more than I just was. So yeah, it's, it was a, a giant pain. So that was one of the things that led me to cut the cord. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, myself, you know, I, I only stream. I don't. I've yeah. never, you know, since I've since I've uh, had my own house, I've never had a cable or traditional cable or satellite subscription. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you when you think about it, immediately you had this shift uh, where people started gravitating towards Netflix and these other streaming services. But naturally, originally it, it, it was people shifting because of you know you know how how much cheaper it was, but. As more and more of these, as it became more popular and more of these streaming platforms started to rise and come available, uh, you know, Netflix, Hulu, now you're starting to see, and there's a term we call it in the streaming industry and OTT industry, which is uh, subscription fatigue. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is, although, you know, we have all, you know, the the largest variety we could ever want of, of TV and shows out there, and it's great, but... Now, you know, when you factor in, you have Netflix, which, like you just mentioned, costs yeah. what? Close 15, uh, 15 or so now. A month, roughly, uh, yeah. You add on Hulu on top of that. I know ESPN Plus, you know, I have to get my sports fix, yeah. so I subscribe to that. That, I think, just rose a dollar. So that's still like five or six bucks. Yeah. Um, but when you start, when these things start to add up, now it's kind of like, okay, how much are you really saving? Yeah. Yeah. You get to the point where once you're paying for all your different apps, you're paying about as much as you were in the ballpark of, you know, for cable TV. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and so what is the solution to that? Mm -hmm. Well, mainly there, there's two different models. There's SVOD and AVOD, which I'm sure means nothing to a lot of people. No, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> SVOD is simply subscription video on demand. Okay. AVOD is simply uh, ad-supported video on demand. 
So now for those who are uh, fed up with the subscriptions, they're shifting over to the ad supported platforms. So that's your AVODs. Exactly. Like, yeah. So in exchange for being able to watch something completely free, you just have to watch ads, which yeah. is what we were already we're doing. doing. Anyways, we were paying for it, the ability to watch ads with cable and that sort of thing. Um, and to even some Hulu, like so Hulu, their cheaper service, you still get ads and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of like a hybrid service, I would guess. But yeah, so yeah, it, it was something we were already doing was watching ads. But now you get a free streaming service with it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think a stat that we've hung on to or a stat that we found uh, is 73% of those who stream also consume ad-supported video content, basically telling you that the majority of people who are streaming are are receiving ads. So it doesn't seem like it's something that bothers people too much. So we're, we're starting to see that that if you are fed up with the, the subscriptions and that's a problem for you, there's still plenty of platforms. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pluto TV, Sony Crackle. I have seen some of those, yeah. You know, they have some decent content on there too to where, uh, you know, this is another shift we're starting to see in streaming as well. And so, I mean, I guess the big point here, this is kind of an add-on for anybody that was listening to our last episode where we discussed our apps. We didn't get heavily into how uh, to monetize those apps and that sort of thing. And so this this conversation that we're having here is kind of a, an expansion on that. And one of the things, the points you're trying to make is that if somebody is considering an app like this, you don't, it doesn't have to be a subscription-based thing. It doesn't because people are already dealing with so many subscriptions. They may not want to shell out five bucks a month for another subscription, but we give you the ability with, with our app creation process and the way we monetize our apps. You can do a subscription, but you can also just add ad content to, or you can uh, <laughs> add ad content um, to, your, uh, to your app and then monetize that way yeah. and support your app that way. A hundred percent. So, you know, the, one of the bigger questions we've gotten when we've started to meet with clients discussing, you know, uh, our streaming TV channel and, and our uh, service that we can provide them with is, okay, great. Now that I got the channel, what do I gain from it other than, you know, gaining more viewership or, or bring it to, if you're a church, bring it to your congregation. How can I make money off this? How thing? can I support it? Basically, exactly. Even if you're not trying to make money necessarily on it, but you know, you have to pay for the upkeep and that sort of thing. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's the option we're kind of discussing. Exactly. Here. And this is exactly it. If you're again, like, like Brian, like you just said, if you're, if you're not somebody who's wanting to add another subscription option out there. You can still do it by allowing ads to serve on there. And we see that apparently it's not too big of a deal since the large majority of people streaming are streaming with ad-supported content. And I mean, it's not its not an outlandish thing. It's something that people are used to. Anyways, anybody that watches YouTube is used to this. If you don't use some sort right. of service to get rid of ads, you're, you're, you're used to watching a, you know, a five-second commercial before your video rolls or maybe even sometimes in the mi- a mid-roll commercial or, or just even, and I don't know exactly how our integration works, but even just ad space on the actual app itself that's not a video necessarily that's in- interrupting your content, but just like visual ad space in the app, I assume, is another thing we could do. Right. Right. Fantastic. So I think the next kind of topic we wanted to transition here to, it's something we mentioned on the last episode with Jacob, and we wanted to go into a little bit more in depth here. We're going to do a full episode at some point, really deep diving on this service because we think it's a really exciting service for people and we're really excited to push it out and get it out into the world. Um, And that's Edgyflix. So let's talk a little bit about Edgyflix. Give a little bit of a preview here, a primer, uh, a primer, however people (laughs) I say primer, but about Edgyflix and what it is. So Travis, what is Edgyflix? I think to introduce it, I would go back to what we talked about in the beginning. You know, there's plenty of college age, age students. That's kind of where the audience already is, you know. So why not, if you're a school or, or university, why not meet your audience where they're already at? Um, so that was kind of the thought process behind um, 
adding Eduflex into our in our streaming service and and adding it as another branch. I mean, there's so many different cool capabilities that we can do with this. I think one thing we've all realized right now is how important it is to have a, a virtual presence and and being able to navigate you know, the virtual world, because, you know, this is, this is something here of late with how yeah. crazy the... It's how our world exists is virtually right now for a lot of us. And it's, uh, it's it, uh, staying connected is more important than ever um, because it's harder to connect physically uh, in, in the current climate, obviously. And so Eduflix is something that we thought would be a good tool for universities, uh, but anybody in the education industry, it's not limited to universities, colleges, that sort of thing. Eduflix basically delivers engaging on-demand content to students, parents, alumni, anybody else interested in the institution, whatever, it, it could be a K through 12, it could be high school, it could be a, col- a private college, a state university, any of those things. We've looked, worked locally with our um, state university uh, as kind of our beginning into the, our, our, foot, our first step into this world. And they've been really happy with the results and we're hoping to talk to them at some point about that. But it gives all of those people a chance to enjoy your content, your education institution's content from the comfort of their own couch in their living room at home together as a family or individually if somebody's 100 miles away, if grandma and grandpa live, you know, on the other coast and want to see what what their grandkid is up to at, at school, this is the thing. You, you, you tell them to download this app, uh, the Eduflix app for whatever school their kid's at, and boom, they're, they're, they're instantly transported to, it's like they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it really is. It's a it's a way to showcase your school, like you said, from the comfort of your own of your own couch. And yeah, I mean, you you think about just you know, none of us really know what's going to happen next year. Yeah, uh, everybody's kind of working with a a different mandate, but th- this is a great opportunity and a great way for somebody who may not be able to be there physically and have a physical presence to you know think think about when you were a high school senior having to make that huge decision. It's a big decision. You know, a monumental decision. And this is one way to where a college can still bring that same experience to your living room. Picking a college isn't just the kid, the the student's choice. It is a whole family choice, uh, depending on whether or not the parents are helping pay for it or just they want to know where this, they want to be involved, obviously, in their their students' lives and, uh, you know, kind of uh, help them figure out what their future is going to be like. And so obviously in the past, the big thing was if you're going to check into, check out a university, you would plan a visit. Everybody would get hop in the car, go down there, go on a big tour. You get packed into an auditorium with a bunch of other parents and students that day. And that's not really a possibility currently. And so this, what we hope is that the Eduflix uh, streaming service will give universities that same capability to showcase their school to an entire family in almost the same way that they would have if they had been there physically at the university, but do it for free. Well, essentially for free for the student and, yes. the, and the, the parents. It's a free app. They just download and watch. And, and again, from the comfort of their own home, completely safe. They don't have to worry about <laughs> being in a, in a room with a billion other people or going on tours and being around a ton of people. And it's we truly think it is potentially could be the future of how universities present themselves and show themselves off to prospective students. Yeah, no, exactly. And and it is primarily a video on-demand service. Yeah. However, there's still capability for us to live stream. So you think about, you know, the the grandparents who might not be able to attend a graduation or or, you know, a big event in college. You know, this is a way to where you could live stream that and broadcast that out virtually to anybody across yeah. the nation. 
Yeah, and I think some of the other examples we came up with just very quickly as we were brainstorming this is that you, you can do dorm tours. You have Universities have video tours of their dorms. You have a playlist on your app that has all your dorms. Any dorm they're interested in, they can go click on it and watch it and instantly, without being on stepping a foot on campus, get a feel for the, the dorms on your campus. Right, and, and yeah, I mean, in addition to that, you think about all the different... Uh, student projects. I know with me, myself being a mass media student, you know, there was there were different projects that we did and didn't really have a great way to showcase those. I was, a I was a TV and film student at Southeast Missouri State University. And yeah, we had no, I mean, we, we did a film festival every year, which was a big in-person <laughs> physical film festival, um, which obviously is going to be a lot tougher now. But even that garnered a rather small audience, you know, of local people and that sort of thing. Whereas with this, it's all of a sudden, if you have a whole channel dedicated to the video content your students are producing, the music content they're producing, you have you have musical performances from your fine arts department. Um, you could you can put clips of of the shows and all that sort of thing. You know the uh, stage performances and all that sort of stuff. The dancing performance, all of that can be on one in one place completely consolidated and in an easy to view way. And now instantly the student who's at home trying to figure out where they want to go is watching all this cool content going, I want to go do that. You know what I mean? It's, it is a 100% seamless experience. Yeah. And a thing we mentioned last time that is really important about it that differentiates it from something like YouTube, which if you're a university and you're listening to something like this, you're like, well, we have a YouTube channel. All of our videos are on our YouTube channel. Why do, what's, We'll just send them to our YouTube channel or whatever. The difference here is that when they download your app and are watching your channel on your app, they're not getting ads for other universities in the area. They're not seeing videos from other universities in the area. When you're watching on YouTube, they might finish playing your video. The next video that might play might be from the competitor school that's also trying to recruit that student. Yes, yeah, your channel is 100% your channel. Uh, we didn't even get into the athletics. Uh, there's, you know, obviously most schools, uh, a lot of schools, uh, the athletics department is a big draw for some students and being able to put all of that stuff in one place and really show off the athletic environment of your school, uh, highlights and, and, and events and all that sort of stuff, all in one place um, and all branded under your brand. It is your school's app. We didn't even begin to touch on the idea if you're not trying to recruit people, you can just use this app as a way to stay connected. Announcements from principals, um, again, uh, performances like the band and the choir and all that stuff can go on this app and it's a safe way for everybody to enjoy whatever content your institution is putting out. Yeah, no, I, I really couldn't have said it better that it is just a, uh, a content machine. Yeah. Uh, and just one more quick point I just wanted to add on, mentioning K through 12, if, if that is something if you're a K through 12 administrator or anything like that and you're listening to this, not only is it all your content in one place as opposed to like a YouTube channel, which a lot, again, a lot of high schools, a lot of K through 12 schools have YouTube channels. On YouTube, if a third grader is watching their choir performance, the next video that plays, you have no idea what it is. <laughs> you have no idea what the next thing YouTube's going to recommend to them it is. And when they're watching in your app, that's no longer a problem. Yeah, it, it's a little more secure, a little more uh, comforting when, when you know your, your child is watching this. Yeah, fantastic. So that was uh, a little bit of a preview for Edgy Flicks. Like I said, we're hoping to do a bit more of a deep dive on it uh, in a future episode and really get into the nuts and bolts of how it works. Um, but that's a little bit uh, of what it is. And so we hope that uh, people find it exciting because we're really excited about it and we're really looking forward to pushing it out. 
Now it's time for Name the Noise. In this segment, I'm going to play a short audio clip that is related to marketing or the history of marketing vaguely in some way. I stretch those rules pretty far. (laughs) But it's your job as our listeners to figure out what that sound is. Here's the noise from the last episode one more time. I needed a more permanent form of storage. And so the only more permanent form of digital storage I had available to me at the time was a digital cassette. It took about 23 seconds to record, and the tape would hold 30... Somethings. A number I chose, by the way, to be conveniently between 24 and 36. See, the key, I think, when you're putting across an idea is you have to understand the culture you're dealing with, first and foremost, and put everything very much like the culture's used to, and then put your idea, only the the essential elements of your idea out there, so that it doesn't get confused with things that might complicate the concept. So the man speaking in that clip, his name is Steve Sasson. Sasson? Not really sure. And he invented the first self-contained digital camera, which is what he's talking about in that clip. So the correct answer was Steve Sasson. The inventor of the first digital camera, self-contained digital camera, technically. Sasson invented the camera in 1975 while working for Kodak. The camera weighed eight pounds and had a resolution of 100 by 100, which is 0.01 megapixels. By comparison, most modern digital cameras have anywhere from six to 50 megapixels, with most falling in the 10 to 20 megapixel range. Uh, And the process of recording a single black and white picture on that first camera to the storage cassette took 23 seconds. So we've, we've come a long way, let's say. All right, here is our next sound. This one's a tough one. Uh, There's a lot going on there. I want to know what the device is or what you're hearing. Uh, The little sound at the end is more of a hint for what the first part is. That's kind of what the question is. Um, If you recognize the part of the the sound that plays at the end, it will potentially help you figure out what the sound, what all that nonsense was at the beginning. But it's a device. I want to know what it is. In future episodes, we want your questions. If there's something you want to ask us, check on our social media for upcoming show topics. Uh, submit your questions. It doesn't have to be about any specific topic. If you have questions, you can email us at thevideoexperts at creativeedge.tv. Uh, just put podcast question in the subject or something like that, and we'll find it uh, and get that on here. Uh, if you have a question about the app or anything like that or, or about uh, just anything to do with marketing, submit those questions, and our future experts will answer them. All right, it's that time. It's the game show portion of the podcast. We brought in a very staunch competitor in Mr. Zeke Hickson. Yes. Nailed it that time. I mean, the first time that you're hearing this. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be playing a little game called Product Pitch. The way this works, I'm going to give each of you six cards. They will each have one word on it. You're going to take two of those six cards to combine to create a product, Uh, whatever you want. Um, You're going to then have 30, 60 seconds each to pitch your product to me, the consumer, I will not be me. I will, in fact, be, I'm going to be a party host. So the, the product you're creating uh, something that could be helpful that you might want to sell to a party host. 
Um, so let me hand you the cards here. You'll get a few seconds to kind of come up with what you want to do, and then we'll get to the pitch. Now, when you say party host, are you like, are you like booking bands and stuff like that, or are are you just? Uh, I would say like I'm walking a, around the party, making sure everybody's entertained. I would say I'm like a generic like. I would say I'm just like a normal party host, like uh, me who decided to have you know a dozen people over for a good old time. Uh, you know, maybe we're gonna drink a few drinks, play some games or something. Not like a, I'm not, I'm not an event planner, let's say. Uh, there are bonus points. Uh, if you come up with a slogan that, uh, I say bonus points, I'm making this all up as I go. Um, I'll just pick who I think is the best. But, but if you come up with a bon uh, slogan for your product, slight bonus points, but ultimately it comes down to the pitch. So are you both prepared? Do you both have your product? Zeke, you ready? Travis, are you ready? After all. All right, uh, I'm gonna go and say, uh, you know what, Travis, since you're the guest, Zeke, you're gonna go first. Mr. Shilligo, I have the perfect product for you. Okay. It is the candy grenade. Ooh, so, candy grenade, I'm interested. So you're a, you're a party host. Yes. Um, I've, I've seen your house before. Your house is massive. I mean, it's true. I remember meeting Robert De Niro there one time. It yep. was like, it was, it was awesome. I lose count of the number of bedrooms you Yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of bedrooms, but I'm like the foyer, like, you know, the place where you are really hosting these parties is yeah. a huge space. Yes, it is. There often, I call it the great room. Yes. There, there are often a lot of guests in there around this space, and they can't always, like, make their way to the edge of the room to reach the punch bowl or mm. reach, the snacks. Like, reach the snacks and everything. And, you know, sometimes you got to just be able to, like, look from – Look from your um, banister at the mm -hmm. top of your staircase and say... Where I lord over my guests. Yes. <laughs> and you need to say to yourself, you know what? These guests need some candy and they need it quick. And so why not just like pull out a quick candy grenade, launch it up into the air. Candy explodes everywhere. People are kind of looking around seeing what happened at first. But then they realize when, when uh, Pop Rocks and Nerds are raining on them that uh, they've really struck gold with this party. And you will never ever have anybody leave your house unsatisfied again. You know, like you it. can repeat this at small spaces, large spaces. Um, you may want uh, your guests to all wear hearing protection. So I would recommend doing these the next time you throw a silent disco and everybody's wearing headphones. There you go. It's perfect. Do you have a slogan for your product? Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. If not, it was a great pitch. You don't have to have a slogan. Not everybody does. Oh, man. Um, uh, I, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Travis. I'll think of one. <laughs> your turn. What is your product? So how do I follow that? How do you um, follow the candy grenade? I don't know. I don't know how. But my product is the bicycle hat. The Wow. The bicycle hat. Wait, time out real quick. I believe that's called a helmet. I believe they <laughs> exist already. <laughs> well, now, unless this is something else entirely, I'm excited to hear. Let's go. It is. There's a there's a twist to this. So, okay. you know, we're we're planning this party. You know, you're you're the host of it, and yep. it's going to be this huge event. Yep. And what gets people more fired up than like a good propeller hat? You know. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used hat, to have one of those when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, that's really if you have a couple of those, you know, that's basically having a a, a couple of lives of the party at the yeah, party for sure. So now we're we're taking the propeller hat, and from that we're making the bicycle hat. So you literally have a miniature bicycle on the top of your hat. Wow. And here's the catch. It's the first time. Now, we're all 21 here. I'm not promoting drinking. But it's the first time that you can drink and drive. <laughs> 
without having to worry about anything. That's true. That's true. So it's it's a functional bike, like a small functional, like the wheels turn and everything. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, it's similar it's, to the propeller. It's a bike on your head. So I mean, I guess if there's a slowness, you know, you're gonna pedal your head off. <laughs> and and I mean, again, you know, we we don't discriminate on this podcast. But if you wanna, you know, you wanna hike. Throw somebody up there, you know, you could put somebody on top. Wait, so, so wait, time out. So this is a full-sized bike. Well. Because <laughs> in my head, I was imagining a very small bike. And when you said you can throw somebody up there, now I'm thinking it is a legitimate. So does, so, so does the person balancing a normal adult-sized bicycle on their head? Well, I was thinking more of like Peter Dinklage, if you want to put him <laughs> on your head. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> All right, um, so that's, I love these pitches. Uh, you did have a slight uh, a slogan, which was pedal your head off. An explosion of flavor. Oh, Ooh. flavor, yes, explosion of flavor. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't know which one I'm gonna pick. Uh, I think I would have to go, now I will say this, I prefer your your slogan, uh, Travis, and you came with it on the spot and uh, it was it was just a little more wacky. I wasn't <laughs> expecting pedal your head off, but I kind of liked it. But the product itself, I have to give it to the candy grenade. The pitch also was very good. Um, there was a lot of detail, which I appreciated. Uh, there was details in both, but I really appreciated some of the uh, the storytelling that you did, Zeke. So I'm gonna have to go with the candy grenade. But I appreciate you both. Very well fought. <laughs> well done, everybody. Listeners of this podcast, uh, you will be able to get a 10% discount on the candy grenade. Um, we're launching our Shopify store next week. Um, if you're first to sign up for the email list, uh, we'll make sure that you have one promptly delivered to you. Please do not leave in hot cars or put in your freezer because then they will become useless. Or, 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 uh, or let small children handle it. <laughs> and he doesn't even work in sales. No. <clears throat> yeah. We, you know, we've got very talented people here, which is why I thought this game would be fun. Thank you both. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. I'm going to wrap this thing up, though, and close this podcast out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Create Your Edge. Come back next month when I'll be joined by a new expert to break down another marketing topic. Until that time, remember to get out of the damn box and go be extraordinary. Create Your Edge is a production of Creative Edge Incorporated, a full-service marketing company headquartered in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you're enjoying our show. You can also stay in touch through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Creative Edge in Cape Girardeau, Missouri.